This is Lincoln A to Z. Lincoln A to Z. Lincoln A to Z. We've chosen 52 squares at random from the Lincoln A to Z street map. E and And now we've got a year to visit all 52 and make a program about each and every one. Lincoln A to Lincoln Z. Lincoln A to Z. Each week we'll be setting off on our trusty bikes to find a different grid. Lincoln A to Z. We could find ourselves in a leafy residential area, a bustling city street, or a completely empty field. We'll present our findings every week here on Siren FM as we uncover Lincoln one grid at a time. Lincoln A to Z. 52 grids, two men, one map, no clue. Yeah, hey, that's right. Welcome along to Lincoln A to Z here on Siren 107.3 FM. I'm Paul Tyler, and uh, sat the other side is uh, is a man I falsely accused of stealing my pen, uh, and I, I feel a, a tinge of guilt, and if, if he doesn't forgive me and say, yes, Paul, I forgive you now, the next hour and a half is just going to be one whole shameful pit of sorrow. So, uh, Johnny, do you forgive me? Oh, I'm going to have to, I suppose. Yeah, you are. Right, OK, let's crack on with the show then. Uh, Lincoln A to Z, uh, we go around, visit grids around Lincoln that were randomly selected by Joe public uh so let's find out what randomly joe public selected grid we go to this week uh, my name is sarah bollymore um, i'm here at the lincoln drill hall today for lincoln inspired pledge day um, i've lived in lincoln for about seven years and i obviously find lincoln a very very inspiring place which is why i program festivals right okay. don't look don't look in the tin mm-hmm. i feel i need a drum roll for this and what have we got read it out for us d13 right, where we got where we got where we got Oh, Birchwood. D13. Okay, D13. Uh, Yeah, that takes us, as I say there, to Birchwood. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. Johnny, tell me all about D13. Okay, D13 is basically the junction of Jasmine Road and Birchwood Avenue. You've got the uh, the Birchwood Centre, the newly renovated Birchwood Centre there. Um, there's the Lancaster School and, as we'll discuss later, lots and lots of churches. Okay, uh, now you can contact us. Uh, email is open all month round, lincolnatorz at sirenonline.co.uk. Of course you can find us uh, on Facebook. And uh, on Twitter we are... Hashtag Lincoln A to Z. Uh, and of course there's our fantastic website. LincolnAtoZ.co.uk Okay, now it's time to hear what happened when Johnny and I went uh, pacing the streets with our little uh, recorder. And uh, one of the things that we do, we always cycle around uh, each of the grids because we're uh, we're like that. We're of the green uh, environment. And uh, what happens when you when, when we when we first went out on our bikes? We, one of the things that we struggled with uh, was a place to lock them up. We cycled our way down to uh, to D13, uh, just locked our bikes up outside Birchwood Police Station, which is in the Birchwood Centre, which looks, uh, to all intents and purposes, like a, a shop and a retail unit, which uh, is quite peculiar. Uh, and I just said to Johnny, I thought, well, you know, there, there's two things. We're parking it up outside a police station. You think it's either going to be very well protected or it's going to get nicked just for the sake of getting nicked from outside of a police station. As you say, we're at the Birchwood Centre, and it, it's recently been done up, I think, hasn't it? It's been totally renovated. It was completely different from the last time I was here. But it looks, I don't know if it's just me, but a couple of weeks back we were at the Carlton Centre. And is it just me? Does this look really like the Carlton Centre now? 
Uh, yes, certainly heavily influenced by the Carlton Centre, isn't it? I would say. I think it. I think it looks. It looks pretty good. It. I. I. I, I know what. I know perhaps what you would say about it, but I think it looks pretty good. It's like the. You know, they've really made an effort and they're trying with the area. Uh, I mean, if you look over at the old Black Swan Pub, they've kind of disguised it by a lot of old, a lot of new cladding and things like that. But you can still see the old Black Swan Pub there. The Black Swan Pub was. Uh, Named the Black Swan Pub because of its uh, links to RAF Skellingthorpe, and we'll talk about that a bit more in a bit. Should we take a walk up here? Taking a walk now around the back of the Birchwood Centre, and uh, there's there are two medical practices right close to each other. There's a, a woodland medical practice and also uh, the Birchwood Medical Practice. I was here recently, and uh, one thing I found, uh, they're, they're starting to get around the age-old problem of the uh, doctor's receptionist, because uh, we know they're usually uh, interrogators, international CIA, uh, in disguise. Uh, but now these days you can log in uh, on a screen as soon as you come, uh, you come down here. Um, which I didn't actually like, and I went over to the doctor's receptionist. It was very nice. Uh, so another myth busted there. Last time I was here at the uh, Birchwell Medical Centre, it was about eight, nine years ago, I had a, a bike accident. Um, I was biking down Ripon Street and uh, I was hit by a car that was going the wrong way down a one-way street and knocked me off. Anyway, after, after having this accident, I had to have a little bit of physiotherapy, nothing major, but just a bit. And uh, I came out here uh, to have the physio and it was done by a, a, a Scandinavian man called Jens, which is precisely the sort of man you want to be doing massage on you really, isn't it? The injury I had was right up very close to my groin. And the first time I went there, I didn't really think this through. I didn't realise I was going to have to remove my trousers. And I was wearing very loose-fitting boxer shorts. And I then had to lay on this couch with my legs kind of spread. Um, and then this, this man massaging me in a, in a very intimate area. It was, it was quite embarrassing for both of us. A bit of a walk now down Jasmine Road and uh, spray painted on the side of a couple of BT uh, things is a thing called Tomo Drugs. Now these have been appearing over the city over the last few weeks. Uh, something about Tomo Drugs. Uh, the other day there was one that was spelt incorrectly. It said Dergs. Uh, you know, they, they, they need to get their advertising campaign sorted out. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a, a worrying sign and I don't know what it means. I don't know if it's to do with uh, gangs and sorting out there, you know, who's selling the drugs around here or advertising what they've got. But uh, A marketing campaign... For drug dealers, is that what you're saying? This is, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Just taking a walk around the back of St Luke's. There's a big uh, open field uh, expanse around there, and also next to the school. Um, but uh, there's a, a huge spray paint of, uh, and you're gonna have to beep all this out, okay? Because <laughs> you don't want the name in, and you don't want the word in, really. Uh, but I'll say it. Uh, there's a huge spray paint. Mark B- is a. Uh, with a couple of kisses afterwards, so uh, I don't know what I don't, I don't know what the kisses mean. I like the kisses. Uh, yeah, but also there's a sign there saying St Luke's Youth Hall uh, inquiries. Uh, see the window, and the window is bricked up, um, so no inquiries to be made. They're closed for inquiries. Uh, so yeah, there's a church here, funny-looking uh, church with the uh, St Luke's that I I didn't really know. I like the spire on it, uh, the top there looks very nice. But this is really is probably one of Lincoln's centres of worship, isn't it, Johnny? Absolutely, yeah. There's there's four churches within this grid. We've got the uh, the Birchwood Methodist Church, uh, the Life Church Lincoln, which apparently is uh, preaching the true gospel, practicing Philadelphian love. So obviously some kind of American-influenced church there. Uh, St Luke and St Martin's Church and uh, the Kingdom Hall of Jehovah's Witnesses. So that's that's got to be one of the highest concentrations of churches anywhere in Lincoln. I think the, the people of Birchwood must be very, very religious. As we're about to walk past the, the Kingdom Hall of Jehovah's Witnesses, you could sort of say that, well, you know, we could uh, do a joke here and I could go and knock on the door and, uh, you know, there, there's, there's plenty to be had out of that. But there are 
I think five or six uh, different Kingdom Halls in Lincoln. And this one uh, on Birchwood has around about 90 uh, attendees and there are around about 500 uh, Jehovah's Witnesses in Lincoln, uh, which uh, I don't know why, but that, that number sort of uh, well, it surprises me. Uh, but you've had them uh, knock on your doorstep recently, haven't you, Johnny? I have, yeah. And, um, you know, they're all very nice to me. And uh, I politely said that I wasn't really, it's not really my kind of thing. And they went away again. But uh, they did leave me with one of their magazines, which I, I did actually take the time to read. And it was quite interesting, you know. It's to see a viewpoint, isn't it? I know uh, my friend, uh, when he when he talks about it, and I've had some brilliant theological uh, uh, debates and talks with him uh, because I, I don't necessarily agree with what with what he thinks. Uh, but it, they call it the truth, you know, when you when you discover the truth and all this kind of thing. So, it, I, so I can understand at times why that that kind of uh, language can feel alienating towards people, you know, because uh, if if that's the truth, then the rest of us. Um, that we're a bit wrong uh, and do you know what I don't think I am <laughs> and that is uh, speaking as an agnostic um, but there are four different sort of centres of worship just in this grid who all think that th- they've sort of got the- they've got it right and they've got the, the-, the right way of thinking about uh, uh, approaching religion and their beliefs skirted around that one quite well yeah <laughs> Uh, so there we go. There's uh, Johnny and I both revealing quite a lot about ourselves. Uh, the fact that, well, surprise, surprise, I sit on the fence and I'm an agnostic, uh, still liking to leave all my doors open. And uh, Johnny, uh, well, you, you don't know what to wear when you go into uh, physiotherapy, obviously. Uh, yeah, I think I revealed a bit too much there, didn't I? Yeah. I, I certainly revealed too much to Mr. Yen. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Well, let's let's leave it there. You know, we're, it's after nine o'clock, but hey, we're on the internet. Could be nine o'clock in the morning somewhere, <laughs> and that's going to put someone off their breakfast, surely. Mm. Uh, okay, but yeah, it's nice to see a skirt around the, uh, the area of of religion not wanting uh to offend anybody uh, but still try and discuss it <laughs> and uh, and doing it well i don't know i think we skirted around that quite well don't you i think so but it is amazing that you've got four churches in this one grid and we didn't plan this this way it's the one that just happened to get picked out and within just where those lines happen to be there's four churches which is just a bit weird really isn't it okay so object wise now um object wise we we're doing a bit of a, a bit of a a Ronan Keating here. Life is a roller coaster with uh, with our objects. Um, so far, they're going to be on display as part of our own uh, exhibition up at the collection. Um, we're going to be displaying uh, what we find, what we find around on our our walks about. Now, so far, we have uh, a brick, and uh, what else do we have, Johnny? Uh, there's a, a jar with a ring pull in it, which I think is it. probably our, our nadir. And um, our what? Our nadir. What is that? It's our, our lowest point. I really? Yeah, I'm going to have to look that up now. You made me doubt myself, but I think it is. Well, it's either I'm, that or it's a girl's name, one of the two. Okay, I, I think so. I thought they were, I thought she won Big Brother in the in yeah, that That's right, yeah, 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 that's what I'm getting confused with. The, the object uh, we have now is uh, from that grid, and uh, it's a Watchtower magazine, uh, which we'll be, uh, we'll be leaving uh, on display uh, as part of our thing. What, how do you think of that as an object, Johnny? I think that's not bad. Yeah, that that represents it represents what we yeah, saw when we definitely. went when we went round there. And uh, there's a, there's another argument to be had uh, about that. And there's there's so much more to be had out of this grid, uh, which we're going to find uh, coming up uh, in part two of our grid and our walk around. Uh, and also we've got some comments from you as well. And uh, don't forget you can get in touch with us. Lincoln A to Z. Part of what we do here is uh, as well as go and paste the grids. Uh, we look at the history. Uh, and our friend Joanna Hughes from the Lincolnshire Archives is here to tell us more. Much of this area was originally known as Birchwood Heath. As the name suggests, it would have been heathland, moorland and scrub, used for wood gathering and animal grazing. You can see one last remnant of the area's farming past in the field opposite the junction of Woodfield Drive with Doddington Road. 
is one of the few fields left amongst the encroaching industrial estate, and when the late sunlight's right, you can still make out the rippled effect of the ground caused by the ridges and furrows made by hundreds of years of farmers' ox-drawn ploughs working their way up and down the field. I'm sure it won't be there for much longer. Coming forward in time to the early 20th century, this peaceful area became a hive of activity as Birchwood Heath became an important airfield for heavy bombing aircraft during the Second World War. In 1941, RAF Skellingthorpe opened on an area previously known as Blackmoor. It's hard to imagine all the activity of ground crew, engineers and pilots nowadays. To think how this area must have throbbed with the engines of bombers, the Lancasters, Hamdens and Manchesters taking off from the long runways that were hastily laid down here. Unfortunately, many never came back. The memory of one of those pilots is preserved in the name of the Leslie Manser Primary School. In the early hours of May 31st, 1942, Flying Officer Leslie Manser was returning from a bombing raid on Cologne when he sustained heavy damage from anti-aircraft fire. Despite the damage, he was determined to bring his crew home, and once over Belgian airspace, he gave them orders to parachute to safety, refusing to bail out himself so that he could remain at the controls. He went down with his Manchester bomber and died. His crew survived to give reports of his bravery and he was posthumously awarded the Victoria Cross. The citation for the Victoria Cross read, In pressing home his attack in the face of strong opposition, in striving against heavy odds to bring back his aircraft and crew, and finally, when in extreme peril, thinking only of the safety of his comrades, Flying Officer Mansa displayed determination and valour of the highest order. He was just 20 years old. As well as the school, which is built on a fraction of the old runway, there's a war memorial, a museum in Birchwood and the Heritage Room in Skellingthorpe, which commemorate this area's contribution to the defence of the country in World War II. And whilst there's not much left of the original airfield complex, the Black Swan pub is named after the RT call sign of the airfield. As a postscript, there was a proposal after the war to convert the airfield into a civilian airport, but nothing came of this. By the 1960s, the runways had been broken up, and from the 1970s, we've seen the housing which has built up Birchwood into the community we see today. Super. Thank you ever so much there to uh, Joe Hughes and the continued support from uh, the Lincolnshire Archive. Uh, now, you've had some comments over there on our website, haven't you, Johnny? That's right, yeah. Um, picking up on what Joe was saying about the, the RAF history of the area, uh, Sharon Stevenson commented, saying, uh, Woodfield Avenue, new housing estate. I used to live there a few years back. But I'm sure Birchwood used to be part of RAF Skellingthorpe. I'm not 100% sure, though. Now, as we just heard, she was absolutely right. Indeed, uh, Bohr chipped in and said, uh, correct, if you check on uh, OS maps, you'll see part of the old runway on the playing fields. So I think we're going to hear more about that a bit later on, aren't we? Yeah, we certainly are, yeah. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. Uh, Okay, but uh, now it's going to be time for our second visit uh, into uh, Birchwood. And our grid, uh, D13, uh, is, uh, is really there's a borderline between between Birchwood and Doddington Park. Just over the road from, from the Birchwood Centre. It's a, a nice little pathway through uh, through really leading on now into suburbia um, and it was really the borderline between Birchwood and Doddington Park. What do you think the difference is uh, between Birchwood and Doddington Park, Johnny? Well, I've always wondered that because I, I remember when Doddington Park was being built in the 80s and it was considered a very different place. You know, the Birchwood... We have to acknowledge it's one of these places, we talked about this before with St Giles, it's one of these areas of Lincoln that fairly or unfairly has a bit of a reputation as being, you know, a little bit of a a kind of problem area, if you like. Whereas Donington Park in the the 80s certainly was considered to be an aspirational place, you know, it was the the new housing area with all these nice mock Judah houses, which at the time people thought were nice. And... um, it was, it was very much the place to live. And actually, this being here reminds me, when I was a kid, 
and it's not struck me until now just how weird this might have been actually but when we when i was a kid me and my my younger sister and my mum and dad used to go on outings on a saturday but we didn't go to the seaside or to theme parks we used to go to show houses um because there are all these new housing estates cropping up around lincoln and we used to go on an outing to to the latest show houses you know they have these houses where they they put furniture in them they decorate them show the lifestyle you could lead if you lived in these houses and we used to love it we used to just spend every saturday just going around these houses and imagining what we'd be like if we were to live in one is is that weird uh, well yeah i suppose it is at least do you know what yes it's yeah. <laughs> i'm not i'm not gonna you know i know you well enough now to say yeah that's that's odd behavior uh, i understand it um and there's nothing i mean you know but th- actually what's that been replaced with instead of that what have we got now we've got kirsty and phil yeah, that's it. Exactly. We were ahead of the curve. Yeah. If we'd thought of actually taking a camera along and filming our visits to these show houses, then we'd have been on Primetime Channel 4. Exactly. And that's what Primetime Channel 4 is all about these days. Uh, and I'm as guilty as anyone is sitting around and watching those is you sit around and watch people look around houses. And they walk into a room and they go, oh, that's a good size room. And it is. It is a good size room. Yeah, but why am I sat watching you do that? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous behaviour. I, I, I do wonder... If the planners, when they started building Donington Park, thought that perhaps you know the proximity of Donington Park to the Birchwood would influence Birchwood a bit, that it might become a bit more gentrified, that the young professionals might kind of bleed onto the Birchwood area, but that doesn't seem to have happened. I think there's still a very definite borderline between the two, do you think? Uh, yeah, I think there is just about, and it's, it's pretty much just past the Birchwood Centre. Um, hold on a sec. Hey, old Rich. How you doing? All right. It is, it's awful, isn't it? Yeah, no, we're just talking about the difference between Birchwood and Doddington Park. <laughs> One's posh Birchwood, for those that... Because uh, Birchwood used to be a really bad reputation because it was one of the biggest council house dumping grounds. Because when they cleared out the ermine and all that that way, they moved them down to here. So when they sort of built all this on, they sort of di- differentiated it. Probably house prices more than anything, but... Yeah, so where would you say you live? Do you live on Doddington Park or Birchwood? I would say Doddington Park. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, good stuff, thanks for that, Rich. No good, problem. Good to see, see you. See you on Monday, mate. Yeah, see you there. Cheers. And that's one thing about Lincoln. I think we've summed up something perfect about Lincoln there, is you're never far away from, from uh, seeing someone you work with, someone you used to work with, or someone you went to school with. The Birchwood uh, Centre, I think, is uh, is quite a nice place. It seems like he's got some good community shops, laundrette, that kind of thing, chippy, uh, you know, and a pub and uh, all the things you, you, you need to bring the focus of a community together, uh, really. And, of course, the co-op and, uh, and a, a police station. But also, it, it, it's contrasting to other retail centres we've been to, I think. I don't know, for me, maybe it's because I'm starting to call this area home a little bit that uh, I, I quite like it, I, I'm quite endeared to it, uh, whereas the Carlton Centre, I wasn't. It seems like there's a bit more of a sense of community around here, especially with that community notice board. There's less of the big national brands here, you know, over at Carlton Centre you've got Argos and McDonald's and all these, all these big national brands, but here... There's the, most of the brands are actually kind of local brands like Curtis's and obviously Lincoln Co-op. So there's there's a lot of these little independent things around, and I, I think it's quite nice here. You know, I I know the Birchwood has this slight reputation, but there's everything you need right here, and I think it's a perfectly nice place. Yeah, it is. And uh, as you mentioned, Curtis Sausage Rolls, uh, one thing that we're doing uh, as well as uh, going around and walking the streets, we're trying to eat our way around the streets as well. So uh, let's get a sausage roll, shall we? Okay, they uh, they heard us uh, bump into uh, Rich from work, uh, which was really good, and he uh, he was less 
sort of a, a less skirted around like what like we do with our namby pamby uh, wet liberal sort of uh, uh, ways of trying not to offend anybody. Uh, you know, he, he had an opinion that I know a lot of a lot of people hold about you know sort of certainly the north end of this grid d13 the birchwood and it being uh you, you having a reputation and, uh, and what that brings yeah one of the first comments we got on our website actually was from uh, amazing katie who said uh, my mom's old office was at the doctor's surgery at the birchwood center and she got her tires slashed there so it's kind of it does seem to have a bit of this reputation i don't know how how deserved it is i mean the thing is it's a massive estate there's like seven or eight thousand people live there which means, you know, and of those seven or eight thousand, maybe two or three thousand are going to be kids. If only five percent of those kids get up to a bit of no good, that's a hundred kids, you know. So yeah. that, that you see, it magnifies everything. Yeah. Whereas in a, like a little village where there's only ten kids, all of them could be awful, but you'd never know because there's only ten of them. So it, the, the sheer size of the place perhaps magnifies what problems it has. And I mean, I, th- I think it probably came through on the piece a bit. I I found myself fi- feeling more at home there. Than, than I did at the Carlton Centre. I don't know why. I don't know whether that says something about me or what. You're always saying I'm a snob, but I, <laughs> I preferred it. I felt a lot more at home there. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. No, I think it does have that sense of community. You said in the, in the uh, when we're on the streets about there being less, high, uh, you know, major brands and high street brands, uh, and it being locally owned shops and lo- you know, uh, and obviously mainly locally owned shops there and uh, the bistro and the bars and the laundrette and things like that. It does it does feel like you know a warm place, not uh, not a big capitalist, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, sort of uh, with with the big chains, and uh, it's it sort of it's obviously grown as well, and maybe that's that's what the Carlton Centre lacks a little bit because it's it's new, um, you know, maybe maybe over that period of time when we when we spoke to uh, Tristan up at the Carlton Centre, maybe over that period of time when people have had time to settle in and uh, and and, but I don't know, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't, I'm thinking about this now, I'm thinking no, no, because it's just you know it, it, it's got a feel about it, hasn't it? It has, yeah. I don't I don't quite know why, but it has to be said that they have done a cracking job of the the Birchwood Centre. I was I was slightly sniffy about it earlier on in our, our visit, but um, looking online, I found a picture of what it used to look like, and I kind of forgot how awful it really was yeah um so what they've done there really is cracking i think it's, it's produced a, a really kind of impressive center for the community now it is yeah and i think uh, i believe that most of that was done uh, by the co-op as well the co-op's a big part of that mm. uh, area there and i think a lot of the a lot of the money from doing all that up came uh, came in through the co-op although we stand to be corrected uh, and of course you can contact us here if anything uh, we're saying is a load of old fooey uh, do get in touch lincoln a to z dot co dot uk a question of Lincoln. That's right, the, uh, the sound there of the Lincoln Cathedral bells. It can only be time for a question of Lincoln. And there's the, uh, the Siren FM choir just, uh, just warming up in the background. Good note there, good note, good C-sharp there from... Uh, Professor Richard Keeble. Uh, he chairs uh, an hour-long discussion about the day's newspapers on his programme Behind the Headlines, but they've had nothing to talk about just lately. Uh, you can catch that on Siren FM Tuesdays at 10 to 11am, and it's repeated on Wednesdays at the same time. But now back to business, back to the heavy, heavy business. If you're tuned into the webcam this evening, uh, which you can access via sirenonline.co.uk, uh, you'll see the tents atmosphere in the studio johnny you're down three one you've got to get this week you've got to get it um who's going first you're going to go first uh go on then i'll go first uh so 
nice easy one for you this week. <laughs> um, it's history again, which I know is, is your oh, favourite yes, subject. I'm a, I'm a particular expert, as you know. Absolutely, yeah. Um, King Henry VIII once stayed in Lincoln overnight. Oh, really? He did. Ooh. But which pub did he spend the night in? Was it the Nosy Parker? Oh, I'm afraid it wasn't. No, 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 no. And it wasn't the uh, the crow's nest on Bram Road either. It was uh, one okay. of these three. Okay, I'm, okay? Ready. I'm ready. Your options are A, the Magna Carta. Oh. B, the Duke William. Mm-hmm. Or C, the Green Dragon. Your ten seconds starts now. Okay. Uh, Magna Carta sounds historical. Too obvious. Duke to be would be too expensive in the Duke, wouldn't it? Um. Green Dragon. Yes. <laughs> was that a guess? Yes. Of course oh. it was a guess. I don't know that kind of thing, do I? That's outrageous. I watch Kirsty and Phil on the TV and I don't <laughs> look around at history, no, do I? Until until I start looking through the history pages of the internet to look at Lincoln for questions uh, for you. But actually, I should stop. I should, I should just stick to the celebrity question, shouldn't I, really, that I was messing around with first off. Because um, you're starting to claw your way back now. Uh, here we go. Area of your expertise, football. Oh, okay. Lincoln City beat Tamworth 2-1 at the weekend to come closer to safety in the Blue Square Bet Premier League. <clears throat> we used to play Man City, you know. Anyway, Lincoln City Football Club played their first match on the 4th of October, 1884. Now, I knew you knew that, so that's not that. Well, obviously, I, I, I knew that. I wasn't yeah, going yeah. to put that yeah, into yeah, a question. Yeah. Uh, it was against Sleaford. And what was the score in that game? Was it A, Lincoln City nil, Sleaford nil? Was it B? Lincoln City 1, Sleaford 9. Or was it C? Lincoln City 9, Sleaford 1. 10 seconds. Uh, well, I know which one I hope it was, but um, I don't know. It would it, it, be typical of Lincoln for it to be the anticlimax and for it to be a 0-0 <laughs> nil, nil draw. Um, but the, the number 9, the fact that you've come up with 9, that makes me think that maybe... The nine is in the score somewhere. I need so to I, push you. I need to I'm, push you. For your I know. Answer. I know. I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for C. At Lincoln City nine sleeve one. You're right. right. I am fantastic. <laughs> nine one. That was a drubbing, wasn't it? Crikey. Sleaford were holding their heads in shame that day, uh, which is uh, actually, actually, I mean, that's the play. I mean, I support Lincoln City, but I, I, I grew up in Sleaford, really. First eight years of my life was spent in Sleaford. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I forgot. I've got mixed emotions now. <laughs> Lincoln, A to Z. Okay, right. So uh, our website, Johnny, now you, you created our wonderful website and uh, we've had uh, a bit of interaction because it... It's all very well, and our egos are big enough to, uh, to 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 roll this whole thing right to the end, right to the end of the fifty-two weeks, and say, "Ha, Yabu sucks to you all." But when people get involved, uh, that's exactly what we're really all about: this community radio station that is Siren FM. Absolutely, we love to hear from people. And remember, just because we've done a grid, just because we've done our program about it, it doesn't mean that you can't still comment on it. The pages are still there on the website. Uh, no subject is ever closed on this program. And a couple of people have contacted us about um, grids that we've already done. Uh, Julie Harrison emailed me about uh, our AB2 grid, which was the Avenue, and she sent us a fantastic postcard which uh, showed the Avenue back when it was a, a proper Avenue, i.e. with trees up both sides, which is what avenues are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That's what an um, Avenue looks like. Absolutely, and I, mean, I guess like so many things, they were ripped up some time ago to, to make way for a wider road. Uh, but the road looks really beautiful in the postcard, and that is now on our website, so you can check that out and, and see the Avenue in its glory days. Well done, and uh, if you're watching on the webcam, you'll just see Johnny self-editing there to stop having a rant about roads, won't you? I, yeah, I, I really struggled there, yeah, but I, I just about managed yeah, you it. You did great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also our, our regular contributor, Treff, who we'll be hearing from a bit later on, on tonight's programme, 
Um, he's written a brilliant poem about Valentine Road Retail Park, which we, we covered a few weeks back on our K-12 grid. And I, I think that, that poem really sums up, well, certainly how I feel about the, the area anyway, and it, it says it a lot more eloquently than, than I managed to do in, in several minutes of radio. Uh, <laughs> so again, check that out. It's on our, our K-12 page on the website, and uh, drop any comments that you've got on any of those grids or any of the ones that we've either already done or are about to do. Yeah, certainly. And uh, if that Valentine Road uh, was summed up by the word grim, which I believe it was, uh, then S7 uh, was summed up by uh, the phrase young professionals and uh, it's about Lincoln which is uh, they're on Twitter and a new website a new blogging website uh, stick it's about Lincoln into uh, Google I'm sure you'll find it and we'll uh, we'll put a link uh, on from our website as well but if you go to our S7 grid uh, it's about Lincoln uh, I've put some details on there a link I believe uh, to their site and there's loads of details there on uh, the, the the Roman uh, the old Ro- the old Roman times <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of really interesting history, lots of interesting, obscure little facts about Lincoln. It's a great, great little site, that. Lincoln, A to Z, D13. As you've heard already earlier in the programme, uh, we, we looked at, uh, at the history and there's no escaping uh, the RAF past. Now, a lot of people are going to drive and walk uh, down Birchwood Avenue uh, all the time. It's, it's a, a very popular part of the city, really. But just out the back of the leisure centre, there's the old runway, the old RAF runway that we're stood on right now. Um, and uh, there's a, a painting on the wall saying RAF Skellingthorpe, uh, RAF Squadrons 50 and 61. Um, and then following that, there's a timeline. Uh, so September 1939, this is all printed on the ground. September 1939, World War II begins, following a red line up here. Uh, November 1941, RAF Skellingthorpe opens. 50 Squadron arrives with Hamden bombers. Uh, April 1942, 50 Squadron converts to flying Manchester bombers. Okay, follow the red line further over here by the football pitch. And June 1942, 50 Squadron removes to RAF Swinderby during runway improvements. It doesn't look, uh, I mean, you don't think this is the size, the actual size of the original runway, do you, Johnny? Because it doesn't look, you couldn't get a plane off here, could you? I'd imagine it's a bit stunted. I'd, I'd think it would have been longer than this originally, and they built houses, obviously, on part of what used to be. But I think it's, it's great that they've left some of it here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really is. And also the fact that they've put this down on the on the ground as well. October 1942, 50 Squadron returns to RAF Skellingthorpe uh, with a new Lancaster bombers. Uh, November 1943, 61 Squadron moves to RAF Skellingthorpe. And um, I was looking a bit up on Wikipedia, Skellingthorpe, they called it Skelly. And usually you think this is just people being a bit idle around, around here, calling it Skelly Road or Doddy Road or whatever like that. Uh, but Skelly was actually a call sign uh, for, uh, for, for, for the RAF bombers. Uh, August 1945 and World War II ends. November 1946, RAF Skellingthorpe officially closes. 50 and 61 Squadron move to RAF Sturgate at Gainsborough. And the last one now uh, on the uh, the timeline, written here on the floor of the runway, the old runway. Uh, planes lost during World War II from RAF Skellingthorpe. 15 Hamdens, 6 Manchesters and 187 Lancasters. A total of 208 planes. And then following that is a row of poppies. Now, not only uh, is the runway uh, part of this grid, or part of it is part of this grid, uh, inside the community centre uh, there is a small but wonderful exhibition. Well, my name's Peter Jacobs. I'm in the Royal Air Force. I'm a wing commander, as it happens, serving officer in the RAF. But uh, in my spare time, I'm also the chairman of the 1561 Squadrons Association, which obviously is centred here at what was RAF Skellingthorpe. And the room where we're in now is um, what we call our association 
memorial room, if you like. It, it's an active part of the leisure centre, but it's somewhere where we can put together all our memorabilia, bits and pieces, reminders, etc. And if we were to go outside, which uh, is getting dark now, but the memorial is, is situated just outside here on Birchwood Avenue, which is, is a memorial to the two squadrons that flew from here during the Second World War. You talk about the memorial. When, when Johnny and I did our, our walk around the grid and walk around the area, we went from the shopping centre, and we, we, we stood in front of that memorial, and I, I stumbled and struggled around the words to say it, and, and purely because I think... There's a small lack of education on my part. I take responsibility for that. But also the scale, the scale of, of what I'm trying to describe and the scale of what that memorial means, I don't believe I can do justice to. Um, do you think that is that common? Yeah, I mean, what I can say is the memorial you see outside here on Birchland Avenue is, I think, one of the finest Bomber Command memorials there are, certainly in the county of Lincolnshire. And what it does, it commemorates the men from both squadrons, 50 and 61, who served here during the war and not only were killed either on operations but also in training flights or accidents that happened on the ground. And to give you some idea of the scale of it, um, we've got a casualty roll of honour and bearing in mind this was only an airfield for about four years, each roll of honour is about 1,000 men per squadron. Now that's 2,000 total just from this airfield alone. Um, So that gives you an idea and if you think there are 28 bomber command airfields just in Lincolnshire all probably suffering similar sorts of losses. I think you can start to get a scale of uh, just exactly what these memorials actually mean around the county. And, and I think what we've got there is, is a fantastic one. It's, it's very visible. It's been here, what, 23 years now since 1989. Uh, well respected by the community, seen by the community, understood by the community. And it's, uh, it's there really to preserve the legacy of the, the history of this airfield and of the people. And so this room, how long has it been in the community centre? All the stuff that you see here now used to be up at the lawns, um, up in Lincoln. And uh, it was round about ten years ago when the lawns could no longer accommodate the, the memorabilia. So the city of Lincoln were very good in, uh, in terms of paying for, for us to move the stuff. And we rightly, I think, bought it back here, back home to, to Skellingthorpe Airfield. It hasn't always looked as neat and tidy as, as you see it now. We've had to chip away at it for for a number of years using donations and using uh, the very kind help that we've had from uh, Speedframe in Lincoln, if I'm allowed to mention them. Absolutely, yes. They've helped to to mount everything that you've seen here. And uh, we've got it to a stage now where this room is used regularly as a a communal room within the leisure centre. But again, everybody who comes in here can't fail but notice all the memorabilia around and upstairs. Uh, and that was really the intent. The intent was not to lock it away somewhere in a museum where nobody could uh, get access to it. And there's a certain amount of memorabilia at the uh, Leslie Manser School as well, further down on the estate. Um, all the children that have gone through the Leslie Manser School, not only is the school named after a famous airman, obviously, who flew from this airfield, but have also seen that memorabilia and have been brought up with the history of the airfield. So the way I look at it, it's preserving the legacy amongst the whole community in a number of different ways. If I could, if I could just bring up the, uh, the map uh, that's on the wall. Yeah. OK, so what we've got in front of us now uh, in the corner of the, uh, the association room is a map of what the airfield was like back in the Second World War. And overlaid on top of that map is a, is a map of all the, the housing estate of the Birchwood and Doddington Park uh, housing estates. And you, you can quite clearly see where the runways were, where the perimeter track was. Um, and so your longest runway, which ran really from where, for people that know the local area, where Damon's restaurant is down here in the southwest corner of the airfield, 
running up northeast towards the uh, the cathedral. And there could have been up to sort of 45 to 50 Lancasters here at the height of operations in 1944. So it gives you an idea of the scale and the size of the airfield. Is there anything that you would you would like to to add to this uh, this this collection of memorabilia? Is there anything that that you think is missing that would be valuable? I know we're not in times of uh, you know money raising and things, but. All I would ever say to anyone is if there's any memorabilia and they don't know what to do with it, please let us know here at the the Leisure Centre and um, we will always find a home and and a display for it. But it's, I think really for me, it's the local nature, it's the community, that's that's the link really that we're looking for here. We've got poems, we've got stories around, as you can see on the wall, that really tells the story. That's what we're trying to do here, uh, is tell the story. Uh, and they do that superbly. Thanks ever so much to uh, Peter Jacobs for his time uh, and commitment uh, as well to, to that. And also, I mean, if you're passing, don't just pass there. Go in there. If there's one tiny thing this this, this program is trying to do, uh, is to is to get you to look a little bit different at the areas that you that you regularly go through, even the areas you live in. Uh, and and that certainly made me look uh, very very differently. So that's the virtual community centre. Go in uh, as soon as you go in there. Turn right and have a look around. And uh, I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Lincoln A to Z on. Siren FM. Now, time for some memories uh, from regular contributor Treff. When I were a lad, my first proper job in 1984 was at Marconi on Doddington Road in Lincoln, and Dave Hopkins and I used to nip home to his place at midday for a spot of lunch. Things were pretty easy going in those days, and lunch wasn't typically an hour. We'd pop to the Birchwood to buy some fresh, crusty bread from the bakers, together with a bit of ham and maybe some cheese and swing by his place to eat it. Hopkins was a dab hand at making tea, and I was happy to be a good guest and wait whilst he warmed the pot and made a proper cuppa. Dave was more conscientious than I, and was usually the one to call time and drive us back to the factory. There used to be a pub on the Birchwood called The Wildlife, and on Friday afternoons we'd repair there for a few pints, often not returning till 3pm, at which time we'd go straight to the canteen for afternoon tea. It wasn't much of a pub, but we were fresh out of college and our standards weren't that high. They were pretty halcyon, those early days at Marconi. The company took on around 50 graduates over a two-year period and it was a happy-go-lucky environment with almost every night being a party or a night out in the pub somewhere or another. The wildlife was the venue for one of the more memorable activities of the Marconi days, which was Star Stiff. Star Stiff was a competition whereby 200 celebrities selected for their likelihood of keeling over and dying over the following 12 months were divided up into 20 stiff portfolios of 10 names. 20 engineers from Marconi took part, each carrying one stiff portfolio. The names of the celebrities were contributed by all the contestants and a computer program was written to randomly allocate the celebrities across all the portfolios. Each person had a seed, which was a celeb highly likely to die over the year of the competition. The seeds were usually made up of Formula One racing drivers, which in those days was a far more dangerous sport than it is today, rock stars known for their high living and drug abuse, and other famous people thought to be already at the edge of the abyss. The deal was, if one of the names on your stiff portfolio died, you were given a pound by each of the other contestants. This may sound a little macabre, but in reality, if a particular celebrity looked like popping off, you might have one person willing him or her to die, but 19 people doing the exact opposite and willing them a long and happy continuation of life. The competition made for some tense moments. Salvador Dali was burned in a house fire, but it took him months to actually die. 
Richard Burton actually went and died the day after the 12 months was up. Jim Patterson, who had him in his portfolio, was gutted. I don't think any of the racing drivers died during the competition. After three or four years, the original gang at Marconi started to focus on their careers and went their separate ways. Life was never the same again, though I do look back very fondly at what might be called the star-stiff days. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. Thanks for listening to the Lincoln A to Z podcast. Do you know anything about this or any of our other 52 grids? If so, we'd love to hear from you. LincolnAtoZ.co.uk has all the information and contact details you'll need. And don't forget the live Lincoln A to Z show is on Siren FM Monday nights from 9.